At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This episode of Into the Night is brought to you by our loyal listeners and followers. Fazbear Entertainment appreciates your viewership and those who support the show by commenting, sharing, and subscribing. If you wish to support this broadcast, please consider checking out the official merch store and Patreon for more information. This episode is a continuation of our Security Breach audiobook series. If you haven't watched from the beginning, we recommend starting at episode 26, Security Breach, and listening to all episodes up to this point to know the full context of the storyline so far. As Gregory slowly opened his eyes, the first sensation that washed over him was grogginess. His entire body felt fatigued, and his head seemed like a fuzzy television screen displaying static. Rolling to his side, he attempted to get his hands to the ground, expecting the cold touch of concrete. However, his palm encountered warm cloth instead. Confusion clouded his thoughts. Where was he, and how had he ended up here? Struggling to pull himself up, Gregory's mind started piecing together the events leading to his current state. He recalled his desperate attempt to escape Monty and Roxy in the VIP rooms on the top floor of the Pizzaplex. Glamrock Freddy had indicated that it was a potential escape route, but the fire exit Gregory attempted to push through wouldn't budge. Monty had spotted him, prompting a brief chase that led him to slide into the elevator. Unfortunately, the map bot had intervened, prying the doors open and allowing Vanessa to apprehend him. A sheen of sweat formed on his palms as Gregory pondered the implication of being caught by Vanessa. Where had she taken him, and what had she done to him? His eyes darted around the small, compact room he found himself in, his focus more on finding an exit than on any specific detail. The space could comfortably accommodate four humans. Freddy, despite being a bear, would probably have to duck to fit in. Where am I? Look at all this... stuff. Gregory's brow furrowed as he surveyed his surroundings, finding no immediate clues to his location. The wall he was currently facing was a display shelf containing an assortment of random items that, by themselves, weren't interesting, but being crammed all in this one tiny space made it an eclectic assortment. There was a Roxy plushie atop a clear red plastic container that held other Glamrock plushies on the floor next to a crate of clothes. The first shelf had a go-kart helmet, a megaphone, and what to be a pile of Fazbear figurines. The second shelf had a collection of cardboard boxes filled with paperwork and a pair of Glamrock Freddy bowling shoes. And the final shelf on top had more of these paperwork containers and a few collectible Fazbear refreshment cups and water bottles, sorted neatly and nicely right next to a rainbow 
of open cleaning solutions. Turning to his left, Gregory noticed a massive vent grate at his height level, emitting bright fluorescent light into the room. Tilting his head to see, he spotted the familiar Golden Glamrock Freddy statue in the epicenter of the Pizzaplex entrance lobby. So, he was near the main gates at least. He checked behind him to confirm, and lo and behold he was right. The view from a tinted window next to the room's security doors showed that he was in the lost and found room that he passed while infiltrating the information kiosk, where his entrance pass had unfortunately been corrupted into a daycare pass. It explains at least why there was so much random garbage strewn about in here. Besides the shelf where they stored, mostly, missing items, there was also a few crates stacked in a small pyramid near the room's metal doors. The room also seemed to double as a security station. A small desk with a few monitors was set up in the corner near the room. Though the displays currently showed static, a joystick beside the keyboard and remnants of a potato chip bag suggested that security guards once concealed themselves here to discreetly monitor the lobby during operating hours without making their presence perceptively known to the guest of the Pizzaplex. I guess that was if there was still any security guards left in Fazbear Entertainment's employ, besides Vanessa. With the advent of the staff bots replacing human employees and… while successful wouldn't be the proper word, at the very least, disgracefully attempting to supplement human security officers, rooms like this had become… likely obsolete. Why even need a camera station when both every single robot, like Glamrock Freddy, can act as a camera system, customer data bank, company mascot, and security officer all at the same time? Gregory's vision blurred, and he felt his conscience pulse like a heartbeat. He was somewhat getting his bearings now, but a small fuzzy feeling itched at the back of his brain. Something about the memory of Glamrock Freddy? observing guest at the Pizzaplex lobby. It felt strangely familiar, but he couldn't pinpoint why. His eyes widened. He touched his wrist before he looked down, and a sigh escaped his mouth along the small curve of his lips. He still had his fast watch on him. He could get in contact with Freddy again. Freddy? Freddy, are you there? A faint crackling of static responded but it didn't emanate from his fast watch. Rather, it originated from behind him at the security desk. The monitors flickered to life, and Officer Vanessa's face occupied every screen. An annoyed expression adorned her features, and only now did Gregory notice the deep, dark circles beneath her eyes. They were so pronounced and extensive that a small part of him couldn't help but wonder if she had managed any sleep at all in the past few days. I'll bet you think you're real clever, Gregory. Yeah, I know your name. You're in big trouble. This is not the night to be wasting my time. So, you are going to wait right there in Lost and Found until your parents or the police arrive. Gregory frowned. That wasn't what he expected to hear. After all the chasing, running, and evading this woman, all she wanted to do was tattle and snitch on him? It didn't make any sense. He was well aware that evading her was a matter of life or death, but... God, that fuzzy feeling again. The familiar fuzzy feeling crept in, leaving him grappling with the inability to recall why he knew she wanted to capture him. He couldn't articulate it, but an undeniable instinct told him 
that she was after him for a reason he could not grasp. Are you having fun yet? Gregory straightened his spine, his gaze fixed on the monitors. Vanessa's face, once dominating every screen, had been replaced by a new broadcast, featuring a figure with soulless, unblinking eyes. The new presence had large, red eyes with beady pinprick dots for pupils, a wide smile adorned by a pair of buck teeth below a narrow snout, and shadowy floppy ears projecting from the sides of her head. It was the rabbit lady from the daycare, the one that only he could see, but Freddy was somehow blinded to. The feet abruptly cut off, succeeded by the unmistakable sound of a door clunking open. Not from the door within the room, but Gregory could discern that it was just above him. Rhythmic tapping ensued, akin to someone walking to a melodic beat, and it was drawing closer. She was here, aware of his location, and closing in. A surge of adrenaline coursed through every single vein as the fuzziness in his mind gave way to pure panic. His soul focused, honed on survival. The locked door presented a challenge, and he lacked security passes for the required clearance. But that wasn't the only exit. I might be able to get through this vent, but I don't have anything to open it. Maybe there's something in all this junk that could help. Glancing back at the security door, he sensed the approaching presence of a predator. Suppressing that thought, he concentrated on maneuvering through various boxes and crates, searching for a toolbox among them. The rhythmic tapping grew closer, echoing from the same stairs he had descended when he initially passed through the room. Shaking off the distraction, he pushed himself to focus. Survival instincts threatened to overwhelm him, but there was one thing that could anchor his concentration even in the tensest of moments. Pushing the thoughts of death aside, Gregory recalled the exhilaration of playing his favorite arcade games at the Pizzaplex. His hands moved with purpose as he thoroughly searched every single crate for a tool that could aid in his escape. In Balloon World, players did control a balloon only, navigating through a challenging obstacle course. The objective is to collect three balloon pickups, which grant the player an additional balloon. However, caution is key, as hitting an obstacle will pop one of the balloons. Two boxes. Nothing. The tapping grew closer. The game comes to an end. All of the player's balloons were unpopped. Surviving for a longer duration resulted in a higher score, encouraging players to test their skills in endurance. Her breathing became audible. She was on the platform, about to descend the final staircase. No luck with the crates in the corner, leaving only one option. The lost and found. The game occasionally transitions between day and night. In the daytime, players have the opportunity to collect a party habit, boosting their score by 1,000 points. When night falls, bats fly across the screen, introducing additional obstacles and intensifying the gameplay. <laughs> a suppressed sob of joy escaped Gregory when he discovered what he needed, hidden in a prize box of all things. A screwdriver. He pumped it and hastened to the grate, commencing the unscrewing process. As he tackled the first screw in the top left corner, an ominous feeling pierced his back. Turning his head, he spotted beady red eyes just behind the glass pane next to the security door. Their presence 
bathed the room in a tint of blood red. She gave a nonchalant wave, reminiscent of the carefree gestures Freddy often offered. Except this one was childlike, yet distinctly insane. The implication was clear. She was going to kill him. He turned back to his task, working with increased urgency. Chica's Pete offers an engaging shoot-em up experience with Landmark Chica as the protagonist faces off against various enemies. Another screw relinquished its hold. The rabbit lady withdrew from the window frame. The game operates in a wave system, where each level presents an increasingly challenging wave of enemies. As players progress, these foes not only become more resilient, but also gain speed, requiring strategic thinking and precision to overcome. The doors to the lost and found swung open, revealing the rabbit lady standing right there. She skipped towards him with an unsettling playfulness, as a frolicking through flowers. Without a second thought, he turned the great clockwise on the one remaining screw and held it in place long enough to throw his entire body inside the vent. He felt the brush of the rabbit lady's fingertips on his shoes as the grid slid back into the slanted position. Crawling to the end of the vent, he saw another grid covering the exit. Looking back, the rabbit lady wasn't in pursuit. She must be attempting to get ahead of him. No time to waste. He turned onto his back and brute forced the grate off by kicking the cover completely off its hinges. He crawled out and entered the pizza plex's lobby. It was empty of any of the patrol bots, but they would have been a sight for sore eyes at this point. He needed to get to Freddy. The last place he saw him was in the main atrium. He sprinted up the lobby stairs and rushed to the elevators, pressing the call button to beckon one down for sanctuary. A red luminescence began to ascend across Gregory and the elevator doors. Turning back, he saw the rabbit lady's head rising from the stairs. The elevator door opened, and Gregory ducked inside, spamming the close button like he was playing one of his beloved arcade machines. After agonizing seconds, the elevator doors finally locked together, and the elevator began its descent. Leaning against the wall, Gregory exhaled the biggest sigh of relief of his life. Delirious, he felt a strange mix of wanting to pass out and run a marathon simultaneously. The night had been unbelievably chaotic. And why did he have to endure it? Curling up in a small ball, knees tucked into his arms, he tried to compose himself. Did you know that birthday wishes only come true at Freddy Fazbear's? It's true. Kids who have home birthdays have fewer friends and parents who don't love them. Fewer friends and parents who don't love them. Your parents don't love you. Your parents don't love you. Your parents don't love you. See you again soon. This is episode 33. Are you having fun yet?
Raceway. I can hear you. I'm on my way. Gregory was already on his feet the moment he heard Freddy's voice emit on his watch. Freddy didn't sound like his normal self. His voice sounded like it was coming from a, a speaker that was beaten with a club. It was stuttering and stammering and difficult to comprehend it sometimes. Something was wrong with him, and he had to find out what it was. As the elevator doors opened, Gregory was preparing to immediately run out to Roxy Raceway. On second thought, maybe slow and steady was the proper pace. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is an incredible mobile game that lets you take command of your own team of your favorite Marvel superheroes and villains to take on interdimensional threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse in an action-packed turn-based squad-tactic RPG extravaganza. Embark on an extensive campaign, completing challenging missions as you fight your way through the expansive Marvel Universe, collect valuable loot, enhance the powers of your favorite characters, and level up to acquire new gear, unlock formidable attacks and abilities, and customize your characters with costumes inspired by the most infamous storylines. Great stuff! Did that get your attention? As we speak, Marvel Strike Force is celebrating its six-year anniversary. But here's the real kicker. New users signing up through our link and using the promo code MAXPOOL get an exclusive treat. You'll instantly add the Merc with the Mouth Deadpool to your roster, complete with character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, and gear. Also, please note that these sponsorships help support the production and the hours we put into creating content for you. So downloading this game, using the link in the description, and giving it a try would help out this podcast immensely. The game is free, and using the code MAXPOOL gets you a ton of free starting loot, so you got nothing but to gain for giving the game a try right now. Thank you once again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Gregory was already pretty familiar with the layout of the Pizzaplex's atrium from his first time being escorted up here. He recalled that the entrance to Roxy Raceway was in the northeast corner of the atrium's first floor, just past the entrance to Fazerblast. His security clearances, however, fell short as the doors remained stubbornly shut. It was a small chance anyway, but one he had to take in case it worked. Roxy Raceway was actually off-limits completely to the public as of recently. He wasn't too oblivious to not notice the strew of posters laminated across the adjacent walls near Roxy Raceway. Helpy with the construction hat carrying some wrenches and an I-beam under his arm, and the words, the attraction is temporarily closed, please enjoy another attraction, instructing disappointed guests. Unfortunate, but expected. He was hoping that his clearance was enough that he could simply walk through, but it seemed like his current security clearance of two wasn't enough to bypass construction. Although apparently enough to contend with that psychotic daycare attendant. Looking up to the second floor, and judging from how the Peaceplex was set up based on his map, the second ring of the atrium had a hallway that led to the Glamrock Beauty Salon, which additionally had an offshoot hall that was a secondary entrance to Roxy Raceway. It was a long shot, but at this point, he needed to make enough decent headway in case that crazy rabbit lady was still around. Ascending the deactivated escalator to the second ring, deftly avoiding the predictable patrol paths of the staff bots, he reached the shuttered entrance of the side path to Roxy Raceway. Fortunately, the door budged this time. However, his optimism immediately deflated as the side path revealed itself transformed into a maze of temporary orange construction panels, delineating areas where Fazbear construction workers toiled. 
always a bit strange for Fazbear Entertainment to even have its own group of construction workers. Mechanics, engineers, game designers, and computer experts made sense. But construction was an oddity. One would think that simply paying for a third-party business to take care of that would make the most sense. But then again, Gregory wasn't Fazbear Entertainment. To be fair, Gregory thought as he ducked into a small room filled with wood planks and steel rods, accompanied by the pervasive scent of sawdust. The Peaceplex was going through constant modifications and adjustments ever since it went into operation. They always kept the major attractions. Fazer Blast, Roxy Raceway, and Gator Golf were never touched. But things like the Fast Coaster, Fast Tower, and those VR and AR booths were always taken away often put up for a few months before being taken down and replaced with a new attraction or simply quarantined off from the public. Gregory always assumed it was just a marketing trick, something that Fazbear Entertainment did to keep people coming back, like when they used to decorate the Pizzaplex with Christmas trees and holiday lights during the winter time. Yet below the surface, rumors circulated. One of the nastiest ones come from the AR booths. They went through several iterations because Fazbear Entertainment invested heavily in state-of-the-art AR technology and development to make people truly immersed in a digital world. At first, it was simply called the resort, and it functioned as a five-minute getaway that transported guests of the Pizzaplex to a ski resort, water park, or boardwalk fair, complete with all the features that would make you feel like you were there. The wind on your cheeks, the sweet aroma of delicious food through your nose, and the taste of water on your tongue. Then, abruptly, something happened, and the AR boots were quickly taken down without warning. A chilling rumor circulated through the halls of Gregory's school, suggesting that a tragic incident led to his sudden removal. According to the whispers, someone had drowned in the water park simulation. The realism was so intense that the user's brain, thinking they were drowning, caused their body to gasp for air in the real world, ultimately succumbing to asphyxiation. The victim, a girl slightly older than Gregory, reportedly experienced such severe cardiac arrest that, upon removing the headset, she was found bleeding from the eyes. Shaking out the dark tail, Gregory left his hiding spot when a staff bot passed the narrow makeshift hallway. He continued to search for the stack of boxes Freddy had mentioned, but the surroundings were dominated by staff bots, Fazbear propaganda, and cramped makeshift passageways. Despite the walls allowing enough room to stretch his arms without touching the plastic false walls, this construction zone felt suffocating. Finally, he was able to reach a chain-like fence that was blocking off a railless drop-off to Roxy Raceway. The area had undergone significant changes with workbenches and construction equipment scattered beneath heavy tarps. Large scaffolding facilitated movement in the construction zone, and the only remnant of the original Roxy Raceway lobby was a hanging go-kart that, if set in motion, would collide headfirst with the adjacent wall. Contemplating the Pizzaplex's history of construction alterations, Gregor couldn't help but wonder if Roxy Raceway was the next attraction on the chopping block. Roxy herself could possibly be the next one to go. Gregory's eyes widened in shock as he looked down from the go-kart. Glamrock Freddy's body lay below, on his back, staring up into the various spotlights eluding the construction zone. It wasn't the posture of someone catching their breath. It seemed as though he had fallen and was struggling, unsuccessfully, to get back up. 
A surge of panic rushed through Gregory. His gaze darted back and forth, and relief flooded him as he spotted a stack of boxes that Freddy had left. It was his ticket to jump over the fence and reach the scaffolding below. Climbing the boxes with urgency, he swiftly jumped across the fence. Pain shot into his knees upon landing, but he brushed it aside, determined to reach Glamrock Freddy as quickly as possible. Freddy? Freddy, are you okay? There you are. I was so worried. Despite the shock and pallor that overcame Gregory at the sight of Glamrock Freddy's distressed state, he couldn't help but offer a reassuring smile. Freddy's mechanical form seemed to struggle. His mouth no longer moved, as if lacking the energy to do so. Gregory observed cracks forming on Freddy's outer shell. He was caked in dust, and the paint on his black bow tie and top hat were chipping away and fading. What had happened to him? Despite the deterioration, Freddy managed to pull himself up enough to meet Gregory at eye level. However, Gregory could ignore the fact that Freddy had to support himself with his left hand over his sides. The caring nature of the animatronic, even in the weakened state, tugged at Gregory's emotion. Ugh, curse him for being so caring. I waited and waited for you. I missed the hourly recharge and have been trying to get down to parts and surface. I think something is wrong. Is there anything I can do? Help me get to parts and surface. Of course I will. How do we get there? It is down under the main stage. Normally the stage lift takes me down there after every concert. That is really the only way I know how. Glamrock Freddy turned slowly, lifting his right arm weakly to point to a doorway behind him. Use that door behind me, Mimi. It will take you to the rehearsal room on the other side of the building. Look for a backstage pass, then find a way to turn on the lift. Despite being a robot with a plastic shell, with a permanent grin always plastered on his face, Gregory couldn't help but feel how much concern and care was on Freddy's face. His white eyes emitted a soft glow as he spoke. Good luck, Superstar. Entering rest mode. Freddy's soft eyes dimmed, and his body fell back with a clunk. The table behind him, shifting with a small jump as he dropped down. Okay, I'll do my best. Gregory gazed at Freddy for a moment, before redirecting his attention to the door that Freddy had pointed to. An overhead sign labeled the entrance, backstage, staff only. With a confident nod, Gregory strode through the door. The room on the other side resembled a small storage area, possibly a garage in its previous life before becoming overtaken by construction supplies. The space was divided by two cargo ship-style storage containers, each adorned with a Freddy Fazbear Pizza Plex logo. Various forklifts, frozen in mid-operation, and motor oil drums suspended in the air, suggested that employees had promptly clocked out at the end of their ships. Despite the clutter, there was still enough room for Gregory to maneuver if needed. Are you lost? Gregory paused, catching the sound of Roxy's voice nearby. Hugging the cargo crate with his back, feeling the ridges scraping against him as he sidestepped, Gregory peeked behind the bend to double check that he was indeed alone. Thankfully, Roxy wasn't present in the room 
but it indicated that she was in the room right next to him. Gregory shuffled over to the exit door leading to the backstage rooms and cautiously opened it just a crack. Peering into the room, Gregory discovered an aisle of shelves filled with race car engines, oil, and other motor parts stacked high to the ceilings. The room was dimly illuminated by overhanging bar lights, treating the small spheres of light casting down on the great concrete floor. Roxy remained elusive, but more staff bots were on patrol. Gregory pondered the sheer number of these bots. Initially, they were just a small hurdle to outsmart, but now they had become a nuisance in his traversal. Moving forward into the dark room, using his flashlight to navigate, Gregory realized it was a massive storage center. Cargo crates were interspersed between the shelves and along the walls. There were shelves of Greenlock bins bearing a different Fazbear Entertainment logo. This time, Helpy's face adorned the logo, set against a gear, and the name associated with the branding was not Fazbear Entertainment, but rather a company called Fazbear Construction. Scratching his head at the discovery, Gregory was aware that Fazbear Entertainment had its own construction crew, but he hadn't expected it to be an independent entity named Fazbear Construction. Curiosity overwhelmed Gregory's survival instincts as he began inspecting the unfamiliar logos he had never seen before. In the public areas of the Pizzaplex, everything prominently featured the smiling, shabby, glamrock Freddy face. However, behind the scenes, the face of Helpy seemed to be plastered on various boxes, cargo crates, and stock shelves. As he explored, he discovered a multitude of companies he had never known about, each with his own branding. Plumbing pipes bore the emblem of Freddy Water Company. Cleaning products were labeled Fazbear Clean Team. First aid kits came from Helpy Hand Medical, and even the barrels of oil in the previous room had Helpy's face on them with the label Torque and Toil. Gregory was in awe. Fazbear Entertainment was already known to be significant in the area, but the sheer range of products and assets indicated that this was a mega corporation. The Pizzaplex was massive, but as far as Gregory knew, it was the sole mega-attraction Fazbear Entertainment possessed, a local tourist trap. The question lingered in his mind. How did they become so enormous? And where did they secure such massive funding? Keep searching. He can't hide forever. Roxy's loud presence served as a jarring reminder, snapping Gregory out of his curious tendencies. There would be a time for snooping later. For now, it was time to focus on stalking and stealth. Gregory kept his light low, although he wasn't sure if any of the Glamrocks could detect his flashlight beam as coming from him or not. The staff bots never seemed to react, but on the other hand, they were staff bots. While they were numerous, they weren't exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. But holy crap were they tools. The hallway of the backstage was congested with a swarm of items, making the corridor feel even more claustrophobic. Parts and service bins, unpowered freezers, and various promotional cutouts cluttered the space for no apparent reason, adding to Gregory's frustration. Despite it feeling like he was moving through quicksand mixed with a dry and concrete mix to get here, he preserved and finally reached the rehearsal room, which judging solely on the spectacle, seemed to make the trip less worthwhile. 
The rehearsal room was dimly lit by ceiling lamps and computer screens, with much of the space shrouded in shadow. The smooth gray floor and unfinished layers of paint of the walls hinted at the underutilized space. A small platform for a conductor stood in front of a modest bleacher that an orchestra band or choir might use for performances. Who exactly this was used by, Gregory wasn't sure. For what he understood, the glam rock band were the only musical acts, besides that of DJ Music Man. Perhaps the glam rocks couldn't exactly make their own music, but only replicate what others had performed? So, Fazbear Entertainment still needed musical talent to create songs, and such for their main attractions to be performed. Seems kind of cheating, but then again at this point, he wasn't exactly surprised Fazbear Entertainment wasn't playing fair. As Gregory explored the room, he approached a small desk area containing what looked like a collection of sound systems for recording and mastering audio. Remembering that he needed a backstage pass, he searched through the drawers and, to his delight, found a plastic pass. Quickly pocketing the new pass, Gregory now had what he needed to get back to the main atrium. However, something else caught his eye. A large black disc that looked like it would be scratched in a gramophone, labeled Rejected Showtime Program. Not exactly sure if it would help, but he might as well take it in case it bore fruit. He couldn't go back the way he came in. Not only was Roxy still back there, but where he left Freddy was locked off for him. Freddy could probably crawl his way out if he was at full power, but Gregory surely couldn't help him by himself. The only other available doorway to the rehearsal room led to a small hallway partially blocked off by a gate on rails, but it wasn't fully locked shut. Passing through a strangely painted pink room with retro designs for the glam rock band, he exited to find himself back at Rockstar Row. He even spotted the tarp he landed on when he jumped from the vent. Gregory tapped his foot to the lyrical rhythm of the ambient overhead music playing over the speaker. The only way he knew back to the main atrium would be from the utility tunnels below the pizzaplex. However, only Freddy could activate the lock sensors to that area. Gregory himself didn't have clearance. Crap. You need to find another way. Gregory scanned the room for potential options, and his eyes lighted on a security door just next to exhibit showcasing posters of the toy animatronic from the 1980s. He saw it the last time he was here, but didn't pay it much mind since he knew he couldn't access it. Plus, he was already also preoccupied with getting Glamrock Freddy out of his green room cage. But now, he had plenty of passes and security clearances on his person. Perhaps now he could finally gain access to it. Gregory fumbled through his back pockets and fished out every single pass he had and strided towards the security door. Before he could even reach his fist out, the door opened quickly with a loud release of locked air. Gregory smiled. Despite the dangers, there was a little bit of fun being a rat in the system. Moving up a set of steel stairs, he made it to a strange catwalk with two locked doors, each with a glamrock symbol. The closest one had an orange microphone for what he assumed to be Freddy, and the other a purple guitar for obviously Roxy. Moving in front of the next door, once again reacted to his presence before he even steps to it. He walked into a small file and storage room before finally walking through a second microphone steel door that led him into a large security room. The room was a lot more professional than any other room in the building, neatly organized with every desk situated with a giant flat screen monitor 
that most likely displayed various camera feeds. That original feeling Gregory got from that first security room he entered in when he was being chased by Monty resurfaced. That idea of nobody watching, nothing during this night being captured, the entire Megapizzaplex security completely sabotaged. No wonder Vanessa was so snappy with him earlier. If this has currently been the status quo for the night, she had her hands full for the time being. Which was a good thing, because it would mean that Vanessa would have a lot on her plate before checking up on him again at the Lost and Found. But who would even be sabotaging the Pizza Plex security systems? Gregory shuddered at the image of a dancing rabbit lady skipping towards him. Well, if one person is taking advantage of the messed up security, no sense in him not taking advantage of someone else's misdeeds. Gregory started looking through the various files and drawers in the office. He wasn't looking for anything particular, but if there was going to be any helpful tools, he would assume they would be with security. Moving around the divider that separated the space into sections with fuzzy monitors displaying staff bot levels of intelligence. Unfortunately, there was nothing useful on this side. As he circled the divider, he noticed another set of steel security doors, this time adorned with a pink star guitar for Glamma Chica and a green bass for Monty Gator. Turning his attention to the side he entered from, he spotted a familiar piece of memorabilia from the superstar daycare. A small pretty head wearing a police hat. Hoping someone might have left their security bass inside, he playfully bonked the Freddy head nose, resulting in a cute honk. The Freddy's head maw opened to reveal a security pass with a badge indicating security clearance level 3. Red lights started flashing, followed by an obnoxious alarm blare. Every monitor that had once displayed static was now transmitting either a camera feed or an employee desktop. You know, this is the third time he's tried this, and the third time something bad has happened right afterwards. Maybe Fazbear Entertainment really does have security set up to stop someone from getting their hands on these. But, like, for real, how unlucky can one boy be? Gregory's mood lifted as he perked up, turning around to see Freddy communicating with him through one of the flat screens of the security room. Gregory? What did you do? Something happened. I can communicate again. I think you fixed my signal. Thank you. Gregory looked around the room. Did him activating the security alarm reboot the entire system? Gregory internally groaned. How unlucky. Can one person be? But wait a sec, hold on. I didn't think he could stand up. Consider it a second wind. That sounded like a farce, but Gregory didn't care. Seeing Freddy up and active again was still great news. It would mean getting him to parts and service would be much easier. A green streak caught Gregory's attention prompting him to glance at the large monitor displaying a camera feed of the catwalk outside the file room. Montgomery Gator was making his way up the stairs. Quickly checking the other monitor, Gregory saw that Roxy was approaching from the opposite side. The situation was becoming increasingly precarious. Just how unlucky can one person be? Freddy. I see Roxy and Monty on the cameras. 
They're both coming to the office. Do not let them in. The security doors are equipped with electrical deterrence. If you see them banging on the doors, hit the appropriate button. The shock should stun them. Observing the doors, Gregory noticed a battery meter indicating the power for each door. Additionally, he spotted a small silver button with a lightning bolt symbol on it, reminiscent of the lightning tattoo on Freddy's chest. Huh. And here Gregory thought that was the light switch. Okay, but how do I get out of here? Do you see the large vent in the floor? You are probably standing right on top of it. If I can reach the room under you, I should be able to force it open and let you out. Gregory couldn't shake the suspicion that this vent plan might be a bit sauce. While the vent's size seemed manageable, the distance between the great cover and the floor below appeared to be a two-story drop. The logistics of how either Glamrock Freddy could open it or how Gregory could safely descend eluded him. All the doors appear to be on lockdown. <laughs> Look for me on the monitors. If you see me waving, push the button in front of the corresponding monitor to open the door. Gregory gave a puzzled look to Freddy. He'd made that sound simple. There was like 7,000 buttons on each desk. How was he able to know which one? He shrugged. I guess he'll try that one that looks like a Freddy head. So far, pressing those buttons have not failed him yet. Gregory's attempt to make that comment to Freddy was abruptly interrupted as the rabbit lady from before took over every monitor in the room, casting a shadow of panic over him. See you soon. In a sudden shift, all the monitors reverted to their normal camera feeds, leaving Gregory in a state of confusion and uncertainty. Hurry, Gregory! I cannot stop her! The shock button activated, and the groan of Montgomery Gator echoed through the door as he recoiled from the electric jolt. No time to relish in that, because Gregory could see Freddy on one of the monitors. He was in front of the door that Freddy originally instructed Gregory to go through when they reunited. Gregory jumped over and slammed the unlock button, allowing Freddy to get through. Okay, so it seems that Freddy is trying to get him by the same path he took but must have some alternate way of getting into the room below him that Gregory must have missed. Gregory looked up and saw Roxy was scratching the security door with the pink star guitar symbol. Gregory dashed over and slammed his back on the button to shock Roxy. Squinting through the slight twinge of pain, he looked at the monitors and saw Freddy approaching another door. Before Freddy could even wave at the cameras, Gregory unlocked the door for him and it allowed him through. Monty was going to the door with the microphone symbol. Guess he wasn't too happy that it juked him up in the VIP area. Greg slammed his palm the shock button for the corresponding door. Even if he was going to die here, he still wasn't going to make it easy for them. Gregory spun around and scanned the monitors. Freddy was waving in the middle monitor. He looked at the bee in the back of Rockstar Row. He let him through, and he saw him dash away. But at the same time, he saw the creepy rabbit lady's ears bounce along the bottom edge of the camera feed. She too was in Rockstar Row. She was coming for him. Gregory! Greg saw on the monitor beside him that Freddy was waiting for an input. He pressed the button and Freddy went into some offshoot room. Gregory looked back on the monitors outside his room. Monty and Roxy were still there, but now they were just standing by, not doing anything. Did the rabbit lady stun them? Gregory heard Freddy's footsteps come from the vent crate. He looked down, his eyes went wide. Freddy, with a look of determination, made a two-story jump 
and wrapped his fingers to the vent grate. In a split second, the grate gave way to Freddy's weight, and Freddy fell down with it. Gregory winced. Freddy didn't look good, but he still found some strength to stand. Jump down! Without a moment of hesitation, Gregory swiftly descended, catching a glimpse of Monty and Roxy making their exit on the camera feed. Anticipating a rough landing, he braced himself, only to find Freddy skillfully intercepting him and lowering him to the ground with utmost care. Freddy, you saved me! Follow me to the atrium. That is a program disc for the stage show. Freddy gestured toward the black CD that Gregory had discreetly pocketed in the rehearsal room. However, Gregory remained fixated, refusing to glance down his hands. Freddy's condition appeared distressing. His posture had slumped noticeably, and the twitching had intensified. If you use it in the sound booth, you should be able to run a showtime program, which will activate the lift. I'm sorry, Gregory. I am in no condition to carry you. Glancing at his fast watch, Gregory noted the time. 2.30 a.m. It was imperative to reach Parsons' service immediately. Freddy, despite his evident distress, began limping down a flight of stairs. Gregory, still concerned, couldn't help but marvel at the surprising agility displayed by Freddy, even with a limp. As they navigated a narrow corridor, where Freddy's top had barely avoided grazing the ceiling, the security door revealed a side entrance to the main show stage of the atrium. Moving with determined haste, Freddy proceeded towards the show stage. It dawned on Gregory that Freddy's speed wasn't solely due to his physical capabilities with a limp. He was hustling. When Freddy turned to Gregory, his jaw clenched and his eyes and ears were twitching. Gregory realized that, despite the gruesome injuries, the caring eyes of a protective parent were still evident. Freddy wasn't maintaining stoicism for his own sake, but for Gregory's well-being. Gregory, my systems are failing. Go to the sound booth on the third floor balcony. Slowly, Freddy's hand that he used to hold his right side up lifted. His weight shifted for a second, but he was able to adjust his footing, before weakly pointing a finger up towards what looked to be a small production stage on the third floor that gave a great view of the atrium's dance floor and stage. Run the performance program on that disc, then meet me back on the stage. Please hurry. You do not have much time. It is almost the end of the hour. I will wait here. Gregory acknowledged with a subtle nod, unsure if his eyes were playing tricks on him, but he hoped to discern a faint curve in Freddy's left muzzle, a gesture that might resemble a proud smile. He made his way off the stage. He could discern them before they left the elevator on the other side of the atrium. The glam rocks were here. Gregory hid behind a photo booth near the middle of the dining area and tried to scope out where everyone was. It looked like Chica was on the ring on the third floor, Roxy on the second ring, and Monty was with him on the first floor. Although Monty seemed to be in his own little world right now, he was above a small kiosk with a spotlight and pointed it directly at the Roxy Raceway entrance. Did, did, did he think he was coming from there? He wasn't moving either. He was basically a-posing, staring blankly with focus at the doorway. Is, uh, was, is he supposed to be doing that? Gregory started to move, initially to maintain a low profile. However, the atrium dining room offered little cover, 
in theory, any of the Glamrocks, especially Monty, if he glanced downward, might spot him. Yet the others appeared preoccupied with inspecting various locations such as closed concession stands and photo booths, likely searching to see if Gregory got ahead of them and he was in hiding. Monty just refused <laughs> to look straight ahead at what was obviously in front of him. There was no way other way around it, no booths, nothing but tables and chairs ahead of him, and none of that could have covered his presence from Monty. Gregory got up, and he couldn't believe it. The gator didn't react, literally didn't move. He really was just staring in this one spot, waiting for him to show up. Gregory thought back to all those companies Fazbear Entertainment had under their corporate umbrella. Millions of dollars in assets, and this, this is one of their star attractions. He is so brutish and bullheaded, it's ironic he is behind the spotlight, because frankly speaking, it's quite clear he did not belong. After making it past Monty a tribulous and arduous adventure to be sure, Gregory proceeded methodically, ascending to the third floor. Despite encountering additional security gates, likely deployed by the staff boss in the area to impede his progress. Gregory effortlessly vaulted over each one. However, the ease of a child his age scaling this obstacle didn't negate the fact that it generated some noise. After approximately 10 minutes of crab walking, crawling, and darting between booths and planters, Gregory reached the third floor sound booth. This setup exuded professionalism, reminiscent of production equipment fit for a rock star. Most everything here was labeled, so he just needed to find one label showtime program. Hmm. It looked like the second monitor to the right handled that. He crouched down to a PC console and inserted the disc into a small device that looked like a record player without the needle. Suddenly, the lights dimmed, and laser lights emanated from small cone beacons mounted on the ceiling. A haze of smoke enveloped the stage as a burst of light illuminated the area. Peering around the monitor, Gregory witnessed four colossal holograms of the glam rock band energetically performing on stage. The lights beneath the stage cascaded like a wave, gradually unveiling a vibrant neon lightning bolt at the center of the stage. Gregory! Gregory turned around to see Chica on the other side of the third ring lumbering over to him the zombie gate. That was his cue to leave. He ran down the first set of escalators before making it to the second. Back on the first floor, Monty, who cares about Monty? He ran forward through the kiosk he was on and booked it to the main show stage. Great job, Superstar. Just push that button, the lift will take us down to parts and service. A small podium with lift controls popped open, extending from the stage. Gregory pressed the button. Gregory pressed the button on it and they both began to descend. The atrium and the pursuing clam rocks gradually vanished from view. A strange sensation tingled through Gregory as he felt the hairs on his arms stand up. Suddenly, a familiar jingling of bells echoed, followed by a sinister laugh. <laughs> Glancing upwards, he realized the lights of the atrium were now off. Shaking his watch, it read, 2.50 a.m. The lights were out. Behind Freddy, Gregory witnessed, with a theatrical bounce, the moon sight of the daycare attendant appearing on the descending platform. 
Rather than boarding, he'd dangle off the edge, offering Gregory a playful way. Glancing back at Freddy, who appeared equally alarmed, Gregory watched as the moon figure fell backward, disappearing from sight. Moments later, the platform locked itself at the bottom of parts and service. Both Gregory and Freddy scanned their surroundings, the daycare attendant's cackles echoing from all directions, yet his presence remained elusive. In response, Freddy tightly gripped Gregory's hand. Quickly, get to the recharge station! Follow me! Freddy advanced through the garage shutter, leading them down a lengthy hallway. Gregory sensed the tightening grip of Freddy's hand, accompanied by the audible clicks and moans from within Freddy's plastic shell. It was evident that Freddy was exerting every ounce of effort to ensure Gregory's escape. Reaching the hallway's end, they entered a small resting area and observation room within the parts and service building. Freddy veered to the right, where, beside a small glass pane providing a glimpse into the observation room, a recharge station awaited the animatronics. Gregory prepared for entry, but his sense of place became disoriented. As the door of the recharge station swung open, Freddy propelled Gregory into the chamber, releasing his grip on his arm and forcefully thrusting him inside. On his back from the forceful entry, Gregory opened his eyes, only to find the chamber door securely locking itself in place with a resounding clunk. Another crash echoed. Pulling himself upright, Gregory peered outside the small circular window to see a sight he wished he hadn't seen. Freddy laid completely depowered, his batteries seemingly drained, motionless and lying on his back, staring at the ceiling. But that wasn't the worst of it. The worst part was that the daycare attendant was right next to him, dragging Freddy by his feet into the Parsons service area. A small surge of tears welled up in Gregory's eyes, and it was at that moment that the daycare attendant acknowledged his presence tilted his head, offered a final playful wave, and then continued dragging Freddy away. I'm putting you in time out. Thus ends tonight's program of Into the Night. Will Gregory be able to now save Glamrock Freddy? Where has the daycare attendant taken him? And just who is this rabbit lady chasing after Gregory? All that and more next time on Into the Night. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to stay updated, please consider subscribing, following, or sharing this podcast. It truly helps us broaden our reach. Consider following us on our Twitter at Fazbear Podcast, joining our Discord, or supporting us on our Patreon or merch store using the various links in the description of this episode. And as always, I have been your host, Nick. And I want to thank you all once again for listening. Have a good night. And drive home safe. <laughs>